Hey, Seattle hockey fans, welcome to another episode of Locked on Kraken. I am your host, Erica L. Ayala, and are you in for a treat? We have another crossover, or as you know, I like to call them a squad cast. We're keeping it in the Pacific Division. You're going to hear from Brett Holden. As you know, we were playing a lot of his short clips as Edmonton was making their run in the postseason. We have him live on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked On Kraken, your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Locked on Kraken. I'm your host, Erica L. Ayala. And as always, thank you for making Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. Now, Brett, I saw you rocking over there. I, <laughs> I saw you enjoying our little sizzle. We're so happy to have you. Brett Holden, how you doing? Thank you so much. I'm doing pretty well. One of my favorite things with the crossovers is hearing all the different songs. So, yes, I was rocking out. Y'all got a great song. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah. You know, it has like this kind of uh, aquatic, like kind of seahorn going with it. So that's why mm -hmm. I picked that one. I feel like we had to go all in, in the depths, as we say here. <laughs> I dig it. No, you feel that sea level type feel there for sure. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. Already good vibes, Brett. Uh, I was, I was telling the fans, they should know you. You're a celebrity in these parts on Locked on Kraken. We were following the Edmonton run. Um, but you know, I've, I've also have listened to your shows and I know that you have a little bit of an affinity to Edmonton because of some work that you've done with the organization. So why don't we start there? Why don't you let the folks know a little bit about your background, how you got into hockey and uh, what is your connection other than being a super fan and a super host to the Edmonton Oilers? <laughs> Oh, please. Thank you so much. Too many kind words. I can't take all these compliments. Thank you. Uh, yes. No, I, I'm born and raised in Edmonton. I've always been an Edmonton Oilers fan. My dad grew up in, in the 80s and the 90s and stuff like that. So he really had those good Oilers to really uh, uh, cheer on. And I had the, the late 90s. 2000s and 2010s Oilers that you're on so uh, we've had a little bit of a different experience as Oilers fans so uh, it's been nice because as an, an Oilers fan and seeing those really poor teams you kind of if you're going to really become a hockey fan you're going to go watch those other good teams and watch a whole bunch of hockey and that's what I did I sat down as a kid and just you know what if I'm not going to be playing hockey I better be talking about hockey for my job. So since I was in junior high, I went out to like Steve McIntyre's house. He lived by my junior high school. And I went, you know, can I interview you? And just from being a junior high kid to moving on to, to now, I guess I always kind of tried to stay within the sports media industry. I went to school for uh, radio and TV and was a journalism uh, graduate as well, both in schools here in Edmonton. And then, uh, yeah, I ended up uh, snagging this job. I did work, however, close to the organization, close-ish to the Edmonton Oilers organization at a local uh, radio station who produces their 
games every single game is owned by uh this uh this radio station and i was the on air or the uh video producer radio producer there so every game you got to work and it was it was a lot it was a lot to deal with it was so much fun because you're working for the edmonton oilers technically and working for the nhl you're sitting there and listening to the games in the background i, I loved it and just kind of really loved the broadcasting aspect of nhl hockey Oh, for sure. That is so cool. I think what's awesome in doing podcasts like this as a host or even going on as a guest is that you learn how widespread the sports industry really is. There's so mm. many cool jobs. And uh, I love that. So, all right. Well, that's a little yeah. bit about you, Brett. Again, Locked on Kraken fans should know you well um, as we are following Edmonton's run. So why don't we start there? Let us know a little bit about what you made about last season in the postseason in particular. The main thing, or not even the main thing, but one of the first things that comes to mind with Edmonton in the playoffs, especially last season, is you know what? The city of Edmonton kind of needed it. It's been a tough few years. It is for this reason or that reason. And the, Ed the city of Edmonton thrives when the Edmonton Oilers are doing well. And you saw all the, the, the photos of the fans lining the streets. You saw them back in 2006, but you see them now all the way through the ice district as the Oilers are doing their press conferences after going, let's go, Oilers, we want to go. And you can hear it during these press conferences. Like now the Edmonton Oilers have guys like Jack Campbell who are coming in just like this really cool presence or, or persona and char charismatic person. And I'm really excited for those people to live through that because the Edmonton Oilers fans during the playoffs will line streets, will line bars, will line the inside of the arena, not even get into the game, but inside the arena, outside the arena and make sure that they are soaking it all in. And the Edmonton, this Edmonton, and Oilers team could potentially be just the start of something very, very special. Ooh, we're definitely going to get into that coming up. There's a few things I want to talk about. First of all, I realized I didn't necessarily plan this, but you know, as fate will have it, I'm wearing my Tulsa Oilers. Hey, I dig that. <laughs> I'm wearing my Tulsa Oilers uh, shirt here. Still got my, my Kraken hat though, but so a little bit of a of a nod to you and your, and your team. But, um, okay, so Edmonton, I think one of the storylines for sure last year, a little more on the controversial side, was obviously Evander Kane was without a team for a while. He mm. comes to Edmonton. We saw what he did in Edmonton. Um, so first things first, how much of what we were hearing in the more general hockey sense, um, how much of that really penetrated what was happening in Edmonton regarding the team? And, and well, Evander in particular. Well, yeah, no, and that as soon as ever, the connection between the Edmonton Oilers and Evander Kane came up, that that was the first thing out of people's mouths. Where he's dealing with this, he's dealing with that, he's dealing with the other thing, and consistent, consistently questioning his character, and. For I don't even want to say devil's advocates, but people who are sitting there and going, okay, there is all this. If he comes to Edmonton, as long as he's staying out of trouble and playing hockey and, and doing the right things and showing that he's growing or whatever that may be or show itself as, 
then let's give it a shot maybe and we'll see how it turns out and that's you saw what happened on the ice you hear a lot about what he brings to the locker room and what he brings onto the ice and that has been the main thing for the uh, Edmonton Oilers and Evander Kane and the city of Edmonton you see a lot of people just saying you know what Ever since Evander Kane has come to Edmonton, he has been there for the youth teams. He has come and play or come and shown up and spoke to the teams at the Brick Tournament, the players over at the uh, the the Knights of Columbus Hockey Club, and and just chatting with them and being a role model for the people within the. Uh, uh, community and that's one of the big things that people are seeing from him now i know a lot of people who have dealt or had evander kane on their teams before go like yes this is kind of how it all starts and then he gets comfortable and stuff like that only time will tell with that type of stuff but the amount of outpouring of support almost from uh the the community has been interesting something that is relatively newsworthy almost because sometimes you see there was a a, a kid from edmonton he said you know what i am not a, a hockey fan or i was a hockey fan but i never really had a favorite player because i never had the representation on the edmonton oilers like this and now the Edmonton Oilers have, uh, for this kid, somebody he can look up to and really focus on the Edmonton Oilers, focus on somebody that he wants to, on the ice, be like. And that is the kind of impact that he's been having on the community so far, so far. But there, it's always in the back of people's heads for sure. Yeah, I have definitely had opinions on Evander Kane on this show and, and elsewhere. But I think, you know, I've been listening to, uh, there's a... Uh, a researcher, Carol Dweck, she wrote this uh, whole concept of mindset, and I've been trying to have more of a growth mindset. And so if I, if I myself am trying to say, hey, I'm not any one thing always, I'm one thing at any given time, and that's a part of who makes me who I am, I'm, I'm willing to, to open up to that. I, I think it is fair, though, as you said, people saying, hey, you know, this is, this is uh, how it started, and this is, you know, what we ended up with. Only time mm -hmm. will tell. But mm -hmm. here's hoping for the best. Um, but, you know, Evander Kane did get suspended at some point in the playoffs. And then we see, obviously, we know how that series ended. Um, mm -hmm. Quickly, uh, as we lead into, um, do you think that that made a, a big impact, not having Kane in that match? And or what are some of the other things that ultimately uh, you're looking for the Oilers to improve upon, given the way the season ended last year? Yeah, and the tough thing about that play was it was right after the Edmonton Oilers. It was the first, it was game three, the first game of the Western Conference Finals, the first Western Conference Final game in Edmonton since 2006. The energy was popping. The Edmonton Oilers scored the first minute first two minutes this roof was going to pop off rogers place and it seems like it, it, it's only a matter of time because that place was built pretty quickly but that's another thing uh but and then all of a sudden you see this play you see uh caner hit him from behind hit kaji from behind and that was almost the the beginning of the end for the series you, you lost they did end up killing that penalty and actually killed a penalty within that penalty as well so a lot of people were going oh maybe they had a chance but no he missed out he had the suspension in the next game the other interesting thing about game four though 
the Edmonton Oilers didn't have Kyler Yamamoto. So they didn't have two of their top six guys in that game who really drive the transition play and the forechecking of the Edmonton Oilers. And you could see just how much they missed that in game four. If, if the Edmonton Oilers had some sort of forechecking in game four, I don't think that game even goes to overtime, never mind the, the, the uh, Colorado Avalanche winning it in overtime. So uh, that had to have been addressed to make sure that the Edmonton Oilers, if they do lose a guy like Kyler Yamamoto in their, their lineup, that they do have another top six guy who can come out there and do something like that and make sure that they keep the chemistry of the team alive. And that uh, you see the re-signing of Evander Kane. It may have been a little bit of a surprise here or there, especially the money as well. But that was very important for the Edmonton Oilers to try and keep that together. And we'll see how that goes moving on. The big thing for me for the Edmonton Oilers for next season, not the defense in itself, but the defense shorthanded. I will be interested to see which of the defensemen that they, four defensemen, because they have to pick four, go out there on the penalty kill and shut down the other team's best players. That is where I'm, yeah, we'll see how that turns out. Okay, well, you've already given us a few nuggets. We're definitely going to talk about the here and now because I saw over on the Locked on Oilers, you're saying, hey, off season's over, baby. It's time to get going. I <laughs> oh, love yeah. it. So, Brett, we're going to have you back to talk about that. But for right now, I'm going to speak to my Locked on Kraken folks. You know how much I love Built Bar, and we've been talking about their new Puffs flavor, the cookie dough chunk. I love cookie dough. I love Built Bar. I love having a snack, uh, and even better when that snack keeps me low on the sugar, low on the calories. That's what you get when you get Built Bar. So as always, we want to encourage you to head over, find your favorite Built Bar flavor, all of them, regardless of what you get. Get the cookie dough chunk, mint chocolate chip, double brownies, another one of my favorite. You know you're getting a bar that's covered 100% in chocolate and is going to be chock full of protein. You'll love it. And especially the puffs, they have a special collagen protein. It's good for your joints. It's good for your skin. It's good for your hair. All of these things that are just going to make you a healthier person and make sure that you're not hangry throughout the day. So head over to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. That will get you 15% off your next order of Built Bars. Again, head to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order of built bars as always i want to wish you happy snacking Ooh. and we are back oh are you are you in need of a built bar <laughs> i i think i might go to my fridge and grab one of my built bars i am I, I think i'm i'm getting a little hangry <laughs> can't be hangry throughout the day i say i keep them right by my desk in the cupboard Ooh. love those things love them <laughs> you know with the puffs though sometimes you got to make sure you keep them in the freezer so they don't melt mm -hmm. on you <laughs> mm -hmm. that's what i've been doing i oh, oh yeah they're mint. that's the way to go especially if you're going to be out you know summer summer months are ending you don't want it to melt on you but mm. uh brett we are back with you a squad cast episode as i like to say or a crossover we're here locked on kraken locked on oilers we heard a little bit about that postseason run for edmonton but now let's talk about it like i said i i was uh peeping what you're doing over on locked on oilers and you're saying off season's over okay let's talk about it <laughs> it's over ladies and gentlemen it's done 
basically everybody is in Edmonton now. They, I've been getting the updates and formal skate is going on over at Rogers Place as we speak right now. So I've been getting a whole bunch of the updates. I'm like keeping up. So yeah, it's back. It is back. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, we know, especially since we're in the Pacific Division, relatively close, that we're going to be seeing each other. You know, we've oh, yeah. been counting down the days. Uh, as of this recording, we are sub 30 days until the Seattle Kraken make their debut in their second ever season. We're sub 15 days until we drop the puck on preseason. So I'm super excited for that. But let's talk about for our respective teams. You know, what did you see leading up to this season that excites you? What were some of the departures that maybe made you raise an eyebrow or two? Yeah, no, there's a lot to do for the Edmonton Oilers this year, which it seemed odd considering you you take a look now and you go, this is, this is the exact same team they had at the end of last season. But they they needed to bring back, or they needed to bring in a top six winger for Connor McDavid because if Evander Kane was going to go, you have to take a look elsewhere. Was it going to be Claude Giroux? Was it going to be Philip Forsberg? Was it going to be this guy, that guy, the other guy? There's a lot of question marks going into that. Then I'm sitting there at about 11 p.m. watching TV, getting ready for the next day of free agency, and uh, Evander Kane decides he's uh, Michael Jordan and says, uh, I'm back and uh, sends that whole thing. And uh, you know what? We're like, oh, OK, sure. That's that's the guy. And you know what? You sat there and go, it's nice to have the familiarity of the, the players. It's nice to have that type of thing. It'll be interesting to see how they all kind of gel in a full season. So that'll be something for, for me to watch here. But Jack Campbell is the name that everybody is talking about. And what I like about bringing in Jack Campbell, because I'll be 100% honest with you, I was very vocal on the fact that I don't think Jack Campbell is going to be the goaltender that you are going to want if you want to take that next step for the Edmonton Oilers. Mm. I thought it was going to be Darcy Kemper. Mm. But since then... I sat there since the signing of Jack Campbell. I'm like, you know what? The more you hear him talk, the more familiarity he's had with Zach Hyman, played with uh, Darnell Nurse and the Sioux, uh, uh, Dyson Berry, a bunch of guys, Greg McCaig, I think he had a stint with as well. bunch of guys all over the ice that he has been able to play with, grow a relationship with. And that's what really I like is the com comfortable nature of a team. Darcy Kemper, on the other hand, has had some eye issues, obviously, with that. But mm -hmm. since the, the injury, he's been going for weekly eye like appointments, trying to retrain his eye. And that is a similar injury that ended Chris Pronger's career. That's why I'm nervous. That's why I was yeah. kind of going, ah, that's not right. So the goaltending is the big positive for me. Other than that, there hasn't been really many departures for the Edmonton Oilers in general. Maybe uh, the big move of the big move of uh, Chris Russell not coming back. But other than that, there's not really much. Brett Kulak needed to come back for the Oilers, and that was the big one for them. Yeah, and see, we're a little bit on the other side of the spectrum. Well, first of all, mm -hmm. we're brand new, so we had to do a lot of building. We have our, our AHL team for the first time, our very own AHL team. Last year, as I as I jokingly said, we were co-parenting with the Florida Panthers <laughs> <laughs> as we had the Charlotte Checkers. But now we are solo. We're doing it on our own with the Coachella Valley Firebirds, so obviously we really had to focus on 
through the draft. And even, you know, we have all these draft picks. What were we going to do to bolster our rosters? We really had to look at both rosters in the AHL and thinking about the future. And of course, what we're going to put on the ice this season, our second ever season. And to your point about goaltending, yeah, we know a thing or two about uh, goaltending maybe not working out. And that's a big (laughs) question mark for us. So coming in, Speaking of the Florida Panthers, we get Chris Drieger. And at the expansion draft, he's telling us, listen, part of the reason that he said yes to coming to Seattle is because he wanted to play a different role. And we heard that everything, and then obviously we got Philip Grubauer. We were hearing all leading up to the inaugural season, it's going to be as much of an equitable divide in net as possible. Well, then COVID runs rampant through our roster. I got so excited. It hit my microphone, you know, so, (laughs) and and that takes Drieger out. And then it just becomes one thing after another with that guy that leads to, he goes and plays for team Canada, hockey Canada. I'm usually an advocate for let the guys play for their national teams. You know, I, I, I am understanding a little bit more now (laughs) why that's not a thing NHLers um, or NHL teams in particular like to promote, but I think it is important Mm -hmm. to grow the international game. So I'm like, yeah, let the guys play. And then what happens? Drieger tears his ACL playing in world championships. And this is after Philip Grubauer had a terrible, like a terrible year for us. We talk about it so much on Locked on Crack, and he never looked comfortable. He never got comfortable with his team. Uh, Was it the system? Was it the team? Was it the coach? Was it a little bit of everything? We do know that we had a goaltending coaching change, so indicative that that probably was a problem. That was one of the first things that we did. But now we have to see because we have Philip Grubauer. He's locked in. He is locked and loaded on this team. You know, we bring in Martin Jones for like a bridge type of contract we gotta wait and see if drieger is gonna be ready estimates have him ready by about eight uh march so yeah exactly you know i mean atls people come back so quickly now i mean Mm -hmm. just the way that uh recovery and the science behind uh sports medicine goes but we'll see we'll see what happens if he can come back did he have surgery yeah yeah, because I was thinking because Connor didn't. Connor foregoed surgery and he came back quicker than what was supposed to. He was supposed yeah. to come back. Yeah, but yeah, he did have surgery. He had surgery earlier in the in the summer. So, you know, we got to see what happens there. And then, you know, is he going to stay healthy otherwise? So, um, yeah. you know, goaltending for us is a, definitely a big question mark. But we also know it's the NHL. And yeah. Uh, goaltenders uh you know you're hot one night and then it's like the, the end of the world the next and that also goes from season to season a hundred percent what something that's interesting that i see in the kraken team not only in the crease but all over is in edmonton we have a, a i call them football team a soccer team here in edmonton <laughs> called fc edmonton and they're what they're not the best team let's just put it that way um but what they've deemed themselves is fc opportunity and that's what i kind of see all around the crack i mean you got your top end guys you got the obviously maddie beniers is going to have a massive role for the crack and next year uh jordan eberly as well you y'all just got uh shane wright who should have been the or was going to be the first overall pick and every single time <laughs> yeah. everyone's like is he gonna keep dropping? <laughs> You'll yeah. got your your one and two centers for the future in the first two seasons through the draft. 
That's fantastic. But then you got to pick the pieces around. And that is where the opportunity comes from. That's what I'm excited for Seattle. I love that. FC opportunity. I love that. And I'm all about embracing football uh, because, you know, it's it's American football season time right now. But I'm all about Yeah, I'm all about international football. So I love that FC opportunity and it fits in what we've been talking about. So we talked to Eddie from Locked on Kings and I asked him, I was like, listen, you know, we're a team that uh, we're following suit with teams like Edmonton or teams like the Kings who have had opportunity to grow through the draft. What have Mm -hmm. you seen? Um, You know, what are some of what are you expecting from some of the top prospects? And one thing that Eddie said that I really held on to for Seattle, because I don't think we're doing this is are those young guys going to get time? Are they going to get time and the opportunity to play in the NHL as opposed to what Eddie was saying, where the Kings, they have veterans ahead of these young guys or even on Lockdown Cracking, we're talking about potential trade uh, with the Rangers so Mm. that they can offload some prospects because those prospects aren't getting time. So why, if you're not going to play them, if you're going to send them down to the NHL or in one case, the guy didn't want to go to the AHL, excuse me, he didn't want to go to the AHL, so they sent him to the KHL. Like if you're Mm. not going to play the guys, then how can you parlay this into something that's going to help you now? So I love that FC opportunity. That's a perfect way um, to describe what Seattle's trying to do. I won't lie. It sometimes makes me a little nervous. Uh, you know, when I want the here and now I gave us yeah. probably about a solid B plus in the off season to your point, us getting Shane, right? It changed things, not just for this upcoming season, but you hear Ron Francis talking a lot about how it changed, what they have to think about and mm. where they have to spend money for the next several years. He doesn't want to be locked into contracts with veterans and then not be able to pay these guys and keep these guys that he drafted these potential, you know, generational, uh, you know, foundational players to then lose them because you're picking up veteran guys that you, that you put on your roster to try and get a few more wins in the here and now he's not playing that game. A hundred percent. Take a look at the, the Vegas golden Knights now and look at, Look at their pipeline. They're, they're gone. Decimated. Boom. They exactly. just threw, threw them all to Jack Eichel. Here's, here's this person. I mean, they just threw away the Cody glasses, all these fantastic Peyton Krebs, great young players. And now they're sitting there going, we don't have a goalie. We don't have this. We don't have that. And now Jack Eichel is our highest paid player. And he's not potentially even our best player. Yikes. That's yeah. an issue. Exactly. I love that you brought up the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, you know, we're always asked, oh, who's your rival? I was like, I don't know if anybody knows yet. Um, but what I, I have been saying since uh, basically my first week here with Lockdown Kraken is my big, bad, bold prediction is that the Seattle Kraken will win a Stanley Cup before the Vegas Golden Knights. So I'm, I'm, sticking, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I dig it. I, I You know what? I, I've been looking at, I've been trying to pull up the uh, draft class for y'all. And I, I'm taking, even your first two picks, obviously Shane Wright is a big one, but Jagger Furcus yeah. is a steal. A yeah. steal. Yeah. Yep. The 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 draft the the amateur scouting that that Seattle has the, the, that's the thing that I found with Seattle is that Vegas were just kind of maybe thrusted into there and they're like oh look at our first expansion team since and then just everything was around that now Seattle kind of has a baseline over the last five years to go 
okay, they did this right. They did that wrong. They did this. Mm. Well, maybe, maybe we can do this differently. It kind of gave you guys a, a new central baseline to go, okay, maybe this is how we run a club. Yeah, exactly. We're going the, the slow and steady wins the race. So uh, mm. again, that's the big, bad, bold prediction. And if my prediction is correct, then you know what? You can take the first two, three years Say whatever you got to say about us, but you know, in Ron, we trust over here, and uh, you know, <laughs> as, as the the Kraken crew, so we're we're going with it, Kraken Nation. We're 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 hanging on. I'm not saying I'm 100 comfortable all the time, but but I'm sticking. I'm holding fast. I'm staying true. That's 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 how we roll. Hey, change is <laughs> supposed to be uncomfortable. That's the whole deal. Exactly. I love it. We're giving so much like growth and leadership, you know, uh, just guidance and experience on this podcast. It's amazing. Oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> All right, Brett. So I want to make sure after people listen to this squadcast featuring Locked on Kraken and Locked on Oilers, make sure wherever you're listening to this, then you go listen to the other show. Get a get a feel for, you know, our rival in the Pacific Division. And of course, <laughs> make sure you're always going to check out Locked on NHL. All of our shows are free to you, the listener slash viewer, and you can find them on YouTube or wherever you decide to listen to your audio podcast. So before we close out, though, Brett, I want to take you to our uh, preseason uh, Pacific Division Power Rankings. Who's that on top? What's going on? Edmonton, baby, let's go. And then the Kraken at seven. But overall, <laughs> look at the guy waving. Wave to the camera. Let, let the folks see you. But um, all right, Edmonton at number one. Uh, is that where you had them? What do you think about this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's where I had the Edmonton Oilers. I, you know what? You sit there and you, you look at the other teams around the, the division. You obviously look at Calgary and you go, oh, you know what? That's a pretty solid club. But you lost Johnny Goodrow and you lost uh, Kachuk. Fantastic replacements in Kadri and mm. Huberdeau, but you have to see what happens there. Mm-hmm. I think the the rest of the division is a little too wide open in mm. the division sense. But the Edmonton Oilers, I think, are the cream of the crop, not only in the, the Pacific Division, but in the NHL as well. Obviously, you have the two best players in the league. And I'm saying two best players because there's one over in Toronto who's not as good as our 29. But we'll, we'll, we'll worry about that a little later. But uh, we have two of the best players in the league. And now the Edmonton Oilers have finally surrounded them with the pieces that they need. The Edmonton Oilers centers are Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Ryan McLeod. Ryan McLeod can be a second-line center on most teams in the NHL. Ryan Nugent Nugent Hopkins could be a first line center on half the teams in the NHL and they're out there playing on the third line. And then sometimes they're just like, you know what, let's just put Connor and Leon and dries or, and, and Nugent Hopkins out at the same time and we'll see what happens. <laughs> and it's just like, you, you sit there and you go, Oh no, like we, we just played our best defenseman and now he's been playing for 30 minutes. Now our third line defenseman's going <gasps> trying to catch up to this guy. That is why the Edmonton Oilers are so good. Yes, they scored many goals. Yes, they might allow allow a couple goals here and there, but they are a fantastic team. On the other side, I'll be 100% honest with you. I didn't put the crack in this low. I think y'all might have a sneaky season. Thank you. Put some respect on the Seattle Kraken. Thank you so much. Now, 
some some folks are saying that we're only going to get another four wins with our roster. Now, if that's true, I'm kind of hard-pressed to say we won't end up at seven. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if yeah. we're only getting four more wins, I don't, I don't see us, you know, to your point, like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty tight in the, in the division, given some of the, the influx. That being mm. said, I'm really, I'm thinking that we're really more of a five, six team. I don't think that we're, we're top three, top four yet, mm. but I think that there can be a case made we can steal a couple of games we have some veterans some that i mentioned are kind of on those bridge contracts but others mm-hmm. that have stanley cup experience burkowski coming over bjorkstrand coming over i think those are so key i'm very curious to see what justin schultz is going to do defensively i think that he's going to give us a different look and a little bit more composure defensively i'm i'm hoping that i'm right because if i'm not <laughs> i don't know if i want to see it <laughs> hey young ju- young Justin Schultz was a little, uh, but he has matured. That's exactly, exactly. So we'll see. Um, and then, of course, you know, we've been talking about Shane Wright. We've got Maddie mm-hmm. Beniers. I mean, to your point, we've got a lot of other prospects in the in the pike that we might not see fully this year. I think it's fair to say that um, of our prospects, it's looking like Shane Wright and Maddie Beniers have the best shot to, to be on the NHL roster. And, mm-hmm. you know, even though Ronnie Francis doesn't want to, you know, give up everything, you know, he says things like, you know, they'll have every opportunity to make the roster. It's like, well, I'm hoping that's the case for everybody, Ronnie. What are yeah. we talking? talking about here but since he's so content to keep that storyline i think he knows those guys are coming up i think he knows that they're that he's ready to test them and that goes back to right that fc opportunity there it is right there and and you know what that leads me just to a quick question because i saw on daily faceoff uh uh, um sarah valley and i believe it was jason gregor were talking on how many rookies are actually going to be playing in the NHL this year? Do you think Shane Wright will be playing in the NHL this year? Shane Wright for me is less of, of a, of a surefire of a sure thing than Maddie Beniers for yeah. me. Um, I, obviously we know Maddie got some time, but I think, you know, I, I think everyone's so happy to jump on the Shane Wright train and I'm not going to lie. Getting that, that guy is solid, solid for us. Yeah. And I think that even even if him and Maddie were in the same class, I would still the same draft class. I would still say that Maddie Beniers gives you a little bit more of what the Seattle Kraken want and need now versus mm-hmm. a Shane Wright where they want to integrate him. We're going to have him up at some point. Does he is he opening day, you know, October 7th when when we see you guys, is he going to have a prominent role in the preseason? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. You know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it depends. Do that. Cause you know, Dave Hack still can play it conservative sometimes. Is he going to just, you know, mix it up or does he want to get the guys that he knows are going to be there opening night for the opening night face off? Does he want them to get their reps and get some consistency? Gosh, how many times were we switching lines? And again, we had a, a really terrible time with COVID protocol early in our existence (laughs) so that kind of stunk but um you know i would love to see the seattle kraken really use this preseason to refine and establish their lines establish Mm -hmm. their d pairs and does Mm -hmm. that mean that there's time in this preseason to give shane wright enough of a runway to make him nhl ready come opening night i'm not sure for me maddie beniers yes shane wright it's a toss-up but again 
I think that the Seattle Kraken are banking on, yes, having Shane right there. So hmm. we'll see. I don't think it's so much of a sure thing, but I'm also, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, you know, where, where anyone should be surprised uh, either way, I guess is how I feel about it. I agree. I agree. As someone who has seen rookies rushed a la Neil Yakupov, <laughs> I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So as I said, the puck drops between this rivalry, October 7th. We're going to see each other in the preseason. I'm excited. Um, to, to just get a feel. I mean, we know how those we know how those preseason games went for us last time when we played you. You know, what yeah. the prettiest hockey either way. But that that's my point. You know, what are you really trying to get from preseason games? You know, how long Chemistry. is training camp exactly truly going to be, especially for a Shane Wright? So all to be determined. But, Brett, we're going to see each other, uh, you know, again in the preseason and then, of course, throughout the year. So hopefully this is only the first of many crossover episodes. Oh, a hundred percent. Thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute blast. Awesome. Likewise, always a pleasure to connect with our hosts. So remember, if you are listening on Locked on Kraken, go check out Brett and Locked on Oilers. Again, we got to know the enemy, right? Uh, And then, of course, if you are listening on Locked on Oilers, we thank you and we always encourage you to come hang out with us over on Locked on Kraken. We like to have a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, until we squad cast again, my friend, Brett Holden for Locked on Oilers. Thank you so much for your time and we'll chat again soon. Thank you so much. Play La Bamba, baby. (laughs) And for everyone else, if you're still listening, thank you as always for making Locked on Kraken or Locked on Oilers your first listen of the day. Go ahead and check out Locked on NHL. And for my Seattle Kraken fans, as I always say, remember to hold fast, stay true, take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll catch you on the next episode.